Hi, welcome. Lisa Jane here, your podcast host from Yummy Mummy Podcast with Lisa Jane. Uh, welcome my cat, who's just behind me. <laughs> Those that are listening, Charlie, my Cornish Rex, loves to join in on my shows and Coco's right behind me as well. Little Miss is relaxing out on the couch and I've given her some time so she can go through her social media, which she's got these uh, amazing YouTubers that she likes to watch, which creates a lot of different kind of artwork. So this week, I wanted to bring someone on that is going to help us to rise above the challenges that we're going through. As a parent, I have been going through a tricky situation this week. Let's rewind a little bit. So a few months ago, when I was uh, made aware of the global crisis, the way I was made aware was a friend of mine told me that she had to go into quarantine for 14 days before she could come out because of um, this virus that was coming from China. And that's when I started to do my research. But I wasn't in fear. And then when the second lockdown stage came in, again, it didn't affect me. It didn't affect my well-being. It didn't affect my livelihood. It didn't affect my work. And I just kept going on. Stage three came in and that's when my beauty salon and skin clinic had to close its doors. However, it didn't affect me. I got in contact with all my clients and I moved most of, the, most of them onto an online one-on-one -on -one mentorship and others into a group setting so that we can hold each other accountable and more so for me to create this masterclass where I can show them how to manifest what they truly desire. Now, this is something that I've been doing for a few years now and I do have one coming up soon, which I'll put in the links later for you to join if you'd like to join this group. So I was doing really good. However, this week a spanner was thrown and this is the first time I actually have been affected um, directly. So I've just made some notes so I don't miss out on telling you the full story. Okay, so couple of things. One of them is my parenting plan. Now there is a law and both the health and education law, um, more so the health one I'll start with, uh, says that my daughter is able to go to both her homes, my home and her father's home. However, uh, one of the parties is refusing contact. So this was a really tricky time for me because I felt like I had taken so many steps backwards. As a single parent, if you're listening, or those that have been uh, affected by it, by friends and family, um, with what you know they go through when it comes to separation, it's so tough when you go through the whole court system to create a plan to follow. However, none of us thought that we'd put in there an order to say, if there's going to be a pandemic, where does the child stay? How do we work this out? 
my court order finished in November. It was finalized in November last year and we're in April. So for me, the last five months has been really lovely to create a beautiful routine for my child and for her health and well-being to get to know her paternal family and reconnect. And so for me to be told that she can't do that, it really hit me, <laughs> really hit me hard. And I put up the fight saying no, and here are the rules we can still follow through. So that was one of the areas. The other area was the idea of school, going back to school next week. I'm in Victoria, Melbourne of Australia, and I was contacted to be told what we're going to be doing next week. And it was really tricky again to know how am I going to do everything that I normally do with my child at home. Now, the last two weeks I have been experimenting because normally school holidays, I don't work. I've been doing it for a long time. I designed my work lifestyle so that on school holidays, I could shut up my beauty salon and with my mentoring and the master classes that I run, the groups, during those two weeks, we all go on holiday. And even during our summer holidays, which here I have eight weeks, um, what I do is I work only in the times when my daughter is with her father. So the last two weeks, I gave it a go and set up activity books. Now, I used to be a tutor when I was 19. That was my first ever business I ran. It was a tutoring agency. So I still had a lot of books and I gave her her books, set them all up and I created a, a timer for her to know when it was morning tea and lunch so that I can continue running my online work, run my master group classes and continue content writing and researching in my own little bubble because it was very difficult at times in those two weeks when she'd come up to me asking questions when I was really in the zone. So to, to find out that, okay, for the next however long, we've been told for term two, which is like, what, 10 to 12 weeks, Monday to Friday, nine to three, she's going to be sharing this bubble with me. And so that, that again, <laughs> into my heart again, like, ah! my freedom what are we gonna do okay so what are we gonna do these are the two areas that for me I didn't realize at the time until later on when I was speaking to a good friend of mine Anita Bentata who's a psychotherapist she's also an author of the book the wolf in a suit and an online educator she got me to understand that I was blocking myself. Now, I already know about belief systems just at the time because I was in, in a state of fear or a state of, uh, of the unknown, not knowing what was going to happen. I totally forgot about all my personal development and also forgot that I'm also a teacher and I, I help people in these situations. I'm human. We're human. This is what happens. So to ground myself and bring myself back to understanding what was happening, I needed to break my belief system. I needed to break the rules that I had put onto myself and onto others because those days 
especially say with the parenting orders, I kept throwing back saying, you you have to follow this. These are the rules. This is the law. But what I was actually doing was I was just focusing on my belief systems and not understanding that I had created a, a rule system of my own. And so today, when I bring Anita on, I would love to speak with her about breaking these rules we place on ourselves. So I really hope you enjoy this one. Give me a thumbs up wherever you are, whichever platform you're on. Please press the subscribe button and the notification bell to stay in the loop of all things that I talk about as this show that I create is all about bringing out our best selves so we can rise above the challenges that are placed. We place these challenges on ourselves, and how we can look within for the answers rather than looking outside. Enjoy. Welcome to Yummy Mummy Podcast, a health and well-being show inspiring you to bring out your best self and live a delicious life. Hello, Anita. Thank you for joining us today. I appreciate you being here. It's great to have this opportunity to speak with you, Lisa. So thank you. You're welcome. So Anina Bantata, a psychotherapist, author of The Wolf in a Suit and an online educator is here today. And we're going to talk about breaking the rules without breaking the law. So to start with this, Anita, can you please explain to me the difference between a psychologist and a psychotherapist? Sure. So my understanding is that a psychologist works with the conscious brain to help you to get to better beliefs and better behaviours. And a psychotherapist works with the unconscious so that you can work with the involuntary and the unconscious beliefs and what we've absorbed through life and relationships and past events. So we're working with the because we all know what we consciously would want to be thinking and doing, but there's things that often get conflicted within ourselves. And as a psychotherapist, I work with those internal and unconscious responses that come up. Okay, because when you explain that, I feel like at the moment, say for myself, I have been looking outside for the answers by following all the regulation, the rules that are, that are happening. And yes. as I've been doing that, naturally, I feel like I'm drawn to look within myself as well to know that, you know, I am safe in my own being, not just in my home on a surface level, but also within myself. So I don't have any fear with what's going on at the moment with the global crisis. Um, I definitely am following what the law is saying, but at the same time too, if I start to have any sense of fear or stress, where's that actually coming from? That can be different for different people. But if we understand the way our own brain works under stress and what our own threshold is about what we can tolerate, 
then we can know how to adjust things very quickly and get to a better state and feel more regulated and more in charge of our own well-being rather than being reactive from outside of us. I think this is an incredibly wonderful opportunity because like it really aligns with my passion of helping people to be with the power within rather than being reactive of what's outside and so we've got this situation right now where we don't have the habits of our behaviors or the connections in our usual way to keep us feeling good about ourselves and being in the world and so it's really highlighting how can we feel, for me, how can we feel good about ourselves and not be dependent on something that's happening outside of us to feel good? Okay, because when you were saying that, my mind went straight to a, a, a time where I was going for a walk outside with my daughter, uh, having my daily exercise and had no fear. Everything was going really well. And then all of a sudden, someone's walking towards me. And straight away, my thought process went to, okay, what are the at home, stay home directions? What do I do now? What is the law that I have to abide yeah. by? But also I went within yeah. myself and said, okay, um, you know, my belief system is on this side telling me that there is no fear, you are going to be fine. But then I've got this other law that I have to follow as well. So I'm certain there's a lot of people out there that are going through the same same process yeah. of you know tick-tocking and isolating and going from one extreme to the other extreme you know like fear and no fear and the benefits and the drawbacks to this whole situation and that can really throw people off because so what happened with me yeah. at that moment of trying to work it all out when the person came to me I just decided to walk away and keep that distance but I had this overwhelming feeling of um, sadness and I said, good morning to the lady. And she looked at me in a way like, we, we're strangers. We want to hug each other. And she's a single mom. I'm a single mom as we're walking through. And, uh, well, I don't know actually if she is a single mom, but we're both mums there on our own with our children. And she's like, hey, hi. We're like, ah. And as we're walking past each other, our arms went out to say goodbye. And it was like, oh, my goodness. It was so overwhelming for me. And... I had to take a moment just to, to breathe in and just taking what was happening and to um, realize that uh, is this, you know, is this actually real or am I making this up in my mind? Well, for me, I, the same as you, I don't feel any fear. I don't believe um, that I'm at risk of, and I can understand people that have certain conditions that they are going to have different responses because we have to be attuned to what's right for us and what we believe so if we're fearful there's no point putting ourselves into situations where we're not going to be able to manage our fear and our limiting beliefs about it so it's we need to be flexibly responsive for me when I go out walking I um, I do step away and keep that social distance and I thought why am I doing that because I don't have any fear I don't think that um, we're going to catch anything even though you can't catch a virus anyway um, with what I understand medically but with epigenetics it's not what our, our genes won't determine 
what's going on. It's our lifestyle and it's our thoughts that determines. And I've been doing a lot of study around the power of intention. Um, and so there's a lot of research that backs up about what we think and what we believe is very, very powerful. But so I started questioning myself when I went out walking, why am I keeping this social distance? And I realized it's like, I have my beliefs that I sit really comfortably with, but um, I respect the person I walk beside, you know, near. I don't know where they're at with it. And so I don't want to um, impose mine on someone else. So I'm doing it the way I understand is I'm doing it out of respect for the other person because, because I don't know where they're at. And um, the, yeah, we can all be flexibly responsively. Yeah, I do the smiling and the speaking to people as I pass them too, because we're social creatures and we really do want to connect. And there's many ways that we can collect, connect and, and do what feels right for us in, in the moment. I'm noticing that too when I'm going past saying hello to people and good morning and good afternoon. The initial response is they're just shocked because they've been self-isolating. They've come out for their daily exercise. They've got their you know headphones on because they're listening to a podcast or some music. And then to have human interaction, they just shock themselves. But then I notice they come to a realisation of, oh, no, that's right, we are we it's good to say hello it's good to acknowledge and then they feel happy like oh I got to speak to another human today and that's something that I've been feeling is really important that we need to do that we need to keep connecting with us with each other rather than um, going against each other we all um, have our own opinions our own fears you were saying but we have to be mindful and understanding that we're all at different levels of understanding what's happening at the moment and what different levels of stress um, and paranoia. I mean, there's now fines happening as well here in Melbourne. Yeah. A group of guys got yeah. fined. Um, so, you know, that's now a, very alarming for a lot of people. But if you have a look, for me, I've been studying the actual law, um, the guides. I call it the terms and conditions, but it's called a, a, at home, stay at home directions. And in there, it says that you can, you know, hang out in your backyard with your family. You can go out and exercise. You can go get the essentials like, you know, your shopping, medical care. There is an area that, call, that is, uh, talks about compassionate needs, uh, visiting family and aged care. Um, but then, you know, I'd like to maybe touch on the compassionate needs that we need to supply for our own well-being and health. So can you yes. touch on that, how we can help others to understand that we need to care for ourselves? in this well i don't think we need to help others understand i think we we can use that condition around compassionate needs that if the it the rule allows for us to go for compassionate needs to be there for someone else that has uh, has that um has a vulnerability in some kind of way then I think we can apply, well, compassionate needs. If I've got a vulnerability in me, what do I need right now? And find a way to fulfil that. For me, just I wanted to also come back to what you were just saying to do with the when people come, when we pass people and the looks on people. For me, we might project our interpretation about how, where they're at and what's going on. But 
what I think is really happening is we're a society that when we go out for walks, we might smile and say hello to people, but this situation um, is wanting us to have more than just that greeting when we pass people for, you know, for some people when they're going out and about. And I think what it's helping us to do is to get out of ourselves and our own bubble, our own world, and really be present and appreciate and connect with each other. I know I used to go on this incredible camping experience every year and every there would be, you know, a few thousand people and everybody had similar beliefs about connection and joy and being your acceptance of differences and all of that. And when you'd walk in that camping area past each other, you would greet each other warmly. It wouldn't be just greeting. It, it was like a long lost friend kind of thing. And everybody, that was like that with everyone pretty much. And so I think what we're coming up against now is we can do that with each other instead of it's highlighting that we do want that beautiful connection with everyone. Whereas I think before we often used to walk past people and not, they weren't really, we weren't really in our present moment. They weren't really in our radar of importance. And yet because we've got something that's taken away, then everything becomes more important. And I really want to encourage people to, there might be certain conditions that are imposed on us now, but there's so much that you can do internally to be able to reduce that um, paranoia, reduce fear, reduce limiting beliefs so that you can connect to yourself, connect to other people, connect to those that are important to you without it, without it being all coated in, oh, what can I do? you know, or what's allowed um, so that we can feel free in ourselves and not dependent on circumstances outside of us to feel comfortable and free. I think a really good um, diagram to follow from with this is uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. That pyramid would be a really good indication to help people understand. And um, I'll put up, I'll put up the image for everyone to see uh, that are watching on YouTube and those in yeah. listening through a podcast, I'll put the image up in the description. Otherwise I'll have it on my, my Facebook page for you to have a look at on yummy mummy podcast with Lisa Jane, because just looking at it now, everything you're saying is such a good way to help people understand about that, how to compassionately look after yourself can we touch on that now, if you can explain to us about this um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs? Absolutely. I, I love the hierarchy of needs. Um, like the base of the pyramid is our physiological needs. And we can all get food, water, warmth, rest. And it's like we need that as our foundation. Um, so, you know, including that, you know, not just rest, but sleep. Yeah. And when we can have all of those conditions then we can then move to the next layer, which is our safety needs. And the, those two layers are considered the basic needs. So feeling secure and safe. And so if I remind then about the epigenetics that 
it's not what's genetically what you're genetically disposed to or what virus is around it's what's happening within you whether you're receptive to it switched on or switched off it's your lifestyle it's your attitudes so we can do an incredible amount on that base level which gives us a sense of um, security in our whole being and then when we can do that then we can look at the next level which is a more considered a more psychological need with belongingness and love needs and that's to do, often to do with intimate relationships and friends. But I think it's really important that we look at the belongingness and love needs within ourselves, like our self-love and how we belong in the world and we don't rely on someone else to feel, <clears throat> excuse me, a sense of belongingness and love. And when we can give that to ourselves and not need someone else, to say or do something in a particular way, then we can feel more secure and have greater well-being, which naturally will enhance our immune system because stress decreases the, our immune system. And you know, I teach my clients and the people that I work with mind-body processes that help enhance the immune system and help enhance our thinking because everything's connected but the next level above from the belongingness and love needs is esteem needs and that's when we're feeling feelings of accomplishment and prestige so that's really it's an opportunity to i don't need something outside of me to feel a sense of accomplishment to feel a sense of capability to feel a sense of um pride self-pride you can start to use like appreciation if you don't already about what you are accomplishing on an internal level, on a well-being level, on on so many levels. Even go over the accomplishments about in your life. You know, tell yourself the things like um, things are constantly changing. This is a an experience that is an opportunity. Every experience has an opportunity within it. What can I accomplish in this time? And it's not necessarily about a doing accomplish because people have been in a habit of doing and success through achievements through so much. So an accomplishment might be being able to sit with yourself and feel and enjoy your own company or sit and be and not have to do something to feel good, not have to need something to happen for you to feel joy running through your system. That's for me, one of the greatest powers that we can feel joy and connection to all that is to people, to this universe, to the earth without needing something outside of us. That's the greatest power and greatest freedom. And when we have those four layers, then we come to the top layer of the pyramid of self-actualization where there's self-fulfillment because we've become as a society and a culture very passive and reliant on something outside of ourselves. And when we're self-actualized, and this is what are the benefits I think we've got at this time in history, is to achieve our own potential creatively, spiritually, personally, we can fulfill that for ourselves. And when we're self-actualized, that's a process of self-individuation. So we still follow the, the rules of the world or our government, but we, we don't break the rules, those, those laws, 
but we break the internal rules that don't work for us, where we accommodate or deny our feelings or our beliefs or our reality or our needs. So we, full, we with the individuation and the self-actualization, you can break certain rules, but not the laws. So because you, you do no harm to anybody else, but you break the rules as in, oh, I can't interrupt someone. If you say if the conversation is not okay by you and you feel uncomfortable, but you've got this internal rule of it's rude to interrupt someone, well then when you're self-individualized or self-actualized, then you can break that rule because it's just a social rule that suits the group kind of thing, but isn't necessarily serving the connection or your own health and well-being. So you might interrupt and go, this doesn't work for me to have this conversation um, and say, do you want to talk about this? Or, yeah, you, so you'll break internal rules. Um, yeah, I could... you. <laughs> yeah, go on. So I finished that and I've got, yeah, yeah my mind, okay. my eyes are wandering everywhere because I'm thinking about all these thoughts that are going on in my head. I'm seeing pictures of things. Yeah. Yeah, so you'll break the internal rules to honour you so you don't betray you because very often in society we've got this social, what's called negative politeness, where we betray ourselves to fit in, to not affect anyone else, to not be affected, and we're not actually in alignment with ourselves. And so this is an opportunity to reconnect back to ourselves, not betray ourselves, and look at what rules have I been upholding that actually don't serve my well-being, don't serve my immune system, because our immune system is highly connected to our stress levels, and if there's unresolved trauma as well. So to be able to take our power back and go, well, okay, if the rules say I should visit someone because it's this day in the year kind of thing, in you know typical circumstances and you go do that because that's what you do that then break that rule if it's not serving you honor yourself don't betray yourself and look at how you can do that in these circumstances for you now to keep following the good feeling within you because if we all do that if we all have um, responsibility for how we're feeling and we take action to take care of that and stand by ourselves instead of I need you to behave in a particular way for me to feel good. If we all do that for ourselves, then we're going to have much more ease and flow and self-respect. And there's going to, it's going to be easier to connect, I believe, with each other. When we, I find I'm more comfortable with people when everybody can be direct and say, this is what I need right now. And I'm not waiting for you to give it to me. I'm, I'm saying this is what I'm going to do because this is what I need, or this is what I need to focus on. It makes relationships much simpler and clearer. Because at the moment, we really need to come together as a community, as a society, people need to help each other. I know you said before, you know, we need to be compassionate for our own needs and look after ourselves. However, at the same time too, everything that you're explaining got me thinking about the, the Melbourne blokes that were fined the other day for playing cricket in an alleyway. Um, you know, five guys, I don't, I'm not aware if they all live together, 
but they were all keeping their social distancing. However, the law does say that uh, it's no more than two people walking or doing exercise together. So there was more than two. <sighs> okay, so <laughs> I'm actually annoyed because the person, the whistleblower that contacted the police, I'm now of an understanding from what you're saying is that person themselves had their own rule in their own mind that they didn't stop and think, how am I going to break this? How am I going to feel safe following this, this pyramid? Talking about safety and security, because this particular person would have had food and water and warmth and rest. They're in their home that the next level of safety needs and they feel insecure. They don't feel safe because there are people outside breaking the, the law. So what they do yeah. is they have an option. Do they sit do they sit with it and work out their own rule system, their belief system, or a few rules actually, a few um, directions to go, but they decide to pick up that phone. I mean, for me, I know me, when I feel like someone is breaking a rule or, or, or going against the law, I do stop and think, okay, um, is this affecting me? Is this harming me? Is this causing me personally a problem? Is this affecting my home, my dog, my cat, my child, my house? Is this affecting my business? If the answer is no, 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 I just stop and go, okay, I'm, I'm not in any harm, let it be. However, if it's saying, mm. oh no, it's affecting me because it's spreading something and it's going to cause more problems and we're not going to flatten the curve, I would then go out and say, hey, guys, do you realise that you're breaking a law and I want to protect you and I want you to be careful and I'm going to send you a link of what I have and then you make up your mind. Then I feel like I've done right as a human being, giving them that option and if something happens, yes, if the police turn up and find them, then I know for my own self that I've done the right thing for me and my child and my cat, and my dog and my home. But these people didn't go through that thinking process. They just straight went to, let's, you know, blow the whistle. I mean, what I see there is division. I see people not coming together as a community and people actually separating us. And that hurts me because I want to get to that point of us coming together as a community and helping each other rise above the challenge rather than bring us down. Yes. I, I, when, we, when we have fear and we don't have access to our natural instinctual response, it creates an anxiety in our system and, and anxiety is an inhibitor. And so where that what sits with the anxiety is emotional pain aversive fear fear that shuts us down uh, and a whole range of other things but they're all inhibitors and they're connected to unbearable feelings and unthinkable thoughts and we don't want to stay with that because that just feels too uncomfortable to bear so what happens is when we can't access that natural instinctual response on how to take care of us in the moment and we've gone into that anxiety, what happens is we move into defensive beliefs and behaviours where there's a lot of paranoia and needing to control someone else for us to feel better because we don't have access to that natural instinctual response to feel better ourselves. And so there's, for me, even though it, we're all in a different reality about our beliefs and our level of tolerance about what, what we do, what we feel, and how we take care of ourselves. And so it's really revealing 
you know, when it's the same as um, abusive relationships with that control when someone is trying to control someone else and we've got this dynamic with people outside of us when they've got anxiety that they're trying to control something or you know when powers to be within the government and large organizations um, like to control like to be able to make the rules and we just all follow through then when even when it's not necessarily um, for individuals best interest and so for me it's a lot about taking care of myself and um, allowing other people to be on their own life journey of this and not having a sense of catastrophe about what's going to happen for other people allowing and respecting that everybody's got their own reality there's so many different realities at work at the one time and it's not in my perspective my job to educate someone else about their reality but if i can do that for myself and i walk the talk then it does create a ripple effect within my own community i find without without getting to the dynamic of i don't know if you've seen the drama triangle where there's the perpetrator the rescuer and the victim and i think what's happening when people don't have access to those resources to self-soothe themselves and to examine their own limiting beliefs and behaviors people feel a victim in this situation they are either um wanting to rescue and uh, i'm not saying that we don't help those in need and elderly people and those at, at risk around us and be a caring compassionate community member and family member and you know with our friends as well but when we're trying to rescue someone, it can create a, a, the drama. It, it means we're still in the drama triangle. Instead, we're trying to fix something outside of ourselves instead of coming back to ourselves. And um, what can I do that enhances my personal power and my well-being? So, yeah, that's a little bit about where I'm at. And I think yeah, it's valuable to share. It's valuable. It makes sense. It supports everything we're talking about. I mean, in that, my mind also wandered to another situation that I'm going through, which a lot of single parents are going through at the moment. We have court orders and uh, by law, we are to follow our court orders uh, with parenting plans. And however, parents are withholding their children uh, and there are parents that are refusing to take their children. And so for me, it is happening with me at the moment and everything you're saying is actually helping me to understand, to hold space. These are the big words that came up in my mind when you were talking was just hold space for him, Lisa. He's in a different place and it's happened many times before throughout our whole marriage because this is exactly what I spoke about in, in my book, A Message to Your Younger Self, uh, when I was uh, in a domestic violence relationship and... I had to learn this. I didn't have to. I, I, I was moved to learn this, holding space. Yeah. Um, I wanted to. I, I drew myself to it because it, it was, yeah, I no longer wanted to be in that victim rescuer situation anymore. Yeah. It wasn't serving me and I surrendered and I let go. And so for me at the moment, I actually do. And I, I have been saying to myself that, wow, I'm, I'm here again. 
um, in the sense of, you know, the court battle I had last year going through getting the court, uh, the parenting plans court ordered to the relationship that I had in my marriage. I'm actually in it again. I never thought, I thought once I had a parenting plan in place and there is routine and our child is going from home every couple of weeks is going, you know, back and forth and for her own well-being and the best interest of the child, we are both at that place. It's like, boom, now another boulder has fallen right on top of me for me to push up. And now I'm thinking, okay, I can do this. I'm happy to have her with me. I'm actually, I've actually self-actualized during your, your talk and being, I'm okay with it now. I'm okay with his decision to refuse contact and I'm going to be able to get through this. And I feel like I've evolved. We are safe. Everyone's fine. I'm going to get through this and um, I'll hold space. And when he's ready, which in, in a lot of people are saying, let's wait till this calms down. It could take six months. We don't know how long it's going to take. And so um, I'll just hold space for that whole time. And then, you know, um, the other thing too is uh, by law, people that are withholding their children and refusing contact and going against the, the parenting orders are actually, they're breaching them. And so the courts are prepared for when this calms down, that we, the court system is going to be very busy with people putting these claims through. So I will need to sit down with that and hold space for that as well. Do I want to be that person? I have a choice. I would love to break that rule in my own belief system of, you know, rights and wrongs. So I think this discussion we're having today is going to help a lot of people with their, with their own stuff that they're going on. Yeah. And my story hopefully is helping those. I hope so too. And um, thank you for sharing. And I guess what I go to is when we think, Oh, got the parenting plan, it's done. Um, then there's an opportunity here, isn't there? So that we're not relying on something outside of ourselves for us to feel a sense of peace or trust or well-being and a sense that everything's okay. And so, so that we're not requiring things to work out in a particular way for us to feel okay. And so I think this is a wonderful opportunity to regain that power that we don't need a certain thing to be happening outside of us to feel okay and to know everything's going okay. Everything's going okay. Everything is an opportunity to access more of our personal power. And if we're catastrophizing, it's like, you know, ask ourselves, how does this serve me? Does this uh, create a better outcome? Does this solve anything? And maybe I need to learn some good mind body tools that can enable me to not go into catastrophizing and fear and feeling a helplessness and the power of outside of our control because just because um, everybody's going to do what they need to do whether it's motivated out of fear or out of their flow of their in connection to their inner self and that's their journey and the more that we can just allow everybody to okay, that's your journey. What do I want in my journey? And not worry about the repercussions on a um, more social aspect of afterwards, because then we're contributing to this picture of damage control kind of thing. And, and just really believe in our potential, which we're showing through this 
period in history. People are becoming so creative and so inspiring and so kind, like, you know, the people that draw the, the rainbow pictures and everything out on their footpath. And so you, when you go for a walk, you, and people are writing positive messages to each other and sharing beautiful clips, you know, it's like, come back to yourself. And what do I want to create for myself in this present moment? Because there's only this present moment that's all there is. And the more that we can focus on what am I feeling? What can I do to create in this present moment well-being and not go into anticipatory anxiety about the future? If you can keep taking care of yourself in the moment, then you're going to be fine no matter what happens around you. Yeah, I think though um, there are going to be the masses out there that are following these guidelines. I call them terms and conditions to the stay home um, directions. And a lot of people don't have access to it. I mean, I got sent to it. A lawyer friend of mine sent me it and I'll read them out later after our discussion for those to understand what is the law. Um, because people that are, are outside, I feel like for me, that's where I've come from. I've come from the dark ages and now I'm shining light into the you know light years because where I've come from, I'm not talking about like, where my heritage has come from, the way I was raised, it was very much, you know, um, all about the external self. It was never about look within. Like my child now is learning how to look within before we look look outside and, and fear with what's going on outside. Look within yeah. and work with your fears that are going on inside of you and break those rules, those limiting beliefs. So, um, uh, what I was going to say was, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to bring that up. But you did mention before uh, mind body processes, and then you brought it up again as well. Can we learn this from you? Do you have any online programs or webinars or courses that we can join you on? Sure, I've got an online course that teaches um, some of those mind body processes. Um, that's in my my online school so that's one way um, I've also got an online program that I do live with you online that is a five sessions where I teach you how to take charge of your own brain and how to move that into from the old map and the limiting beliefs and how to switch that very quickly because after working for 25 years in the field I've seen over and over again how the body and the energy system switch very quickly. And when I say energy system, that's not woo-woo. Without energy, we're dead, yeah? And we all feel when our energy is aligned, our thoughts, feelings, and behaviours, we feel a flow. We feel our energy shift when we're standing near a particular person or in a particular situation. We're attuned to that. And we haven't been taught in our current society mindset about how to know how to take charge of our own brain, our body, our energy system. That shifts really, really quickly. The, the Most of the five sessions is helping people to realise and they get that through their own body-based experience and their own mental and feeling-based experience because the conscious mind goes to what it's done most frequently and most recently and what's worked in that it's got us through to this moment. And that creates strong neural pathways. 
And so the brain just automatically goes into the habit of those neural pathways. And that's why people get stuck for so long because they don't know how to get out of that conscious, they mislabel things and keep looping back into the old way of perceiving or the old way of responding. And they don't have those mind body tools that enable you to recognize the old map and build a bridge from the old map to the new map. And I teach, we do immersed um, practice about how to really optimize and the, the, the conscious self so that you can create a new map because we just keep slipping because of the way the conscious mind is. But when you can access more of your whole mind-body system, then you can stay in this new map and you don't have to do lots of work about the old stuff. It can shift really quickly by just continuing to repeat those um, ways of understanding how to stay in and build those, those new neural pathways. And it feels better. So I'm very passionate about, that's my freedom fast track program. And I'm really passionate because I think we were taught as kids how to cross the road how to do up shoelaces and we weren't taught how to take charge of our own brain and our own body so that we can feel good irrespective of what's going on around us. So um, thank you yes. for offering that those teachings for us to know how to work our brain and our body. I'm going to put the links up in the description so everyone can jump on and have a look and at these courses and programs Anita is offering. Thank you. And your book also My is pleasure. available. Thank you. That's okay. So you've got your book, The Wolf uh, in a Suit. Could you just uh, explain a little bit about this book that you've written? Oh, yeah. Is that you? Yes, that's me. Um, it organically came up in a psychotherapy session with a client one day where it wasn't my conscious mind. See, when we know how to stay aligned and listen to um, our instinct and our intuition and our energy system then it's like we can become receptive to knowledge that our conscious mind doesn't have and so I started telling this woman this story of Little Red Riding Hood but a new version of it where we get taught as females when we're young to be kind compassionate understanding fair all of those things and we get taught to be emotional caretakers for others and take on responsibilities that are bigger than ours, like Little Red Riding Hood going through the woods to look after a grandmother. And we don't get taught how to negotiate when there's wolves in the world. And so we go and we, when we meet a wolf, we think, well, I'll be kind, fair, understanding, compassionate, and he'll do the right thing, won't he? But we don't get taught that wolves do things differently. And so we're not taught how to be in our own personal power. And so I started by, I tell in part one, my story of escaping domestic violence and the links to childhood and the links to um, how to get back in and go beyond what my past has been. Um, but two thirds of the book is me speaking as a psychotherapist where I share 11 fairy tales, one being the Little Red Riding Hood one, but I reinterpret all of these fairy tales and, and myths and share information about how we are in our families, how we are in our own stress response, how we are in our culture and in our relationships. Because I just got frustrated because despite all of the knowledge that we 
have all of the awareness that we have people are still not knowing how to make those steps and change in their own personal power in their own relationships and and so yeah i wrote this book because to me this is like a handbook for for any woman to be able to get more clarity about their own relationships and their own personal power i think um, it's a perfect and, time to grab this book as well now everyone is you know self-isolating and it's a nice big thick book as well i heard you say at the start something like it's not an uh, audio audible version is that what you're gonna say no um there isn't i i'd like to one day but it would take me a while to read that all out but <laughs> you can choose i have a guide at the front that shows you um the, what each chapter is about so you can pick and choose you don't have to read my story if that's not relevant for you but you still get like you know about that much no wait no about that much so you're still getting like a real book even if you don't want to read my story um that much all about you and how to navigate the world with more clarity and more ease so yes it's one of the things that people have said is that they can't put it down which really surprised me given the size of it and i've had people say it's like a manual that every woman should read so it's not a depressing thing it's it's there's information that will make you go wow because you won't have heard it before yeah yeah so, and there's so many wolves yeah. out there and now they're becoming more visible in this situation i find that um we are uh, i think this is a, a positive i look at the positives to this lockdown because it's actually uh, helping people to surface those voids so we are seeing more wolves in the world we're seeing the true colors of people but we're also seeing the the, the light as well and the love and the compassion from others as well that um, we weren't seeing before, you know, a few months ago because everyone was in the hustle and bustle of work and dropping kids off at school and having to focus on things that are um, on a surface level. But now the longer we are in this lockdown, I think the better it is because we are going to want to start looking at ourselves in the mirror we are going to start asking those questions and big the one of the biggest questions of all and we, we spoke about this before is um what power do i have uh that triggers me and what rules do i have or rules that i've created that i have placed on myself so those two questions i would leave this discussion with for people to to think about Aren't they they're amazing questions that you created? Thank you so much for bringing that up. We, we spoke about that on our own. Yeah. So. Yeah, my pleasure. yeah, because people often have an aversion to the word power and they associate it with power over another, but we all need to tap into our power within. So that like I was saying about like my camping experience where everybody was allowing and permissive to just be yourself and it was would be really hard to go back out into the world again after being there because everybody was so present to each other and so we've got an opportunity when we walk down the street and we see someone to go beyond our version of being present to another person and present to ourselves and taking care of ourselves and not be dependent on something outside of us to to feel that we are thriving we can, we can do this yeah oh that's you know that's 
confirmation, affirmation that we all need to hear at the moment. And thank you so much for ending this discussion with that beautiful statement. We, we came, yeah, we're going to get through this and it's been a pleasure. Thank you, Anita. My pleasure. Thank you. If you would like to purchase one of Anita Bentada's books, The Wolf in a Suit, or one of her online courses, all the links will be in the description of this podcast episode. Okay, I'm not going to end this just yet because I have promised I was going to upload the stay-at-home directions. This is for Victoria, Australia. So if you are in a different state or overseas, I would think that you can, in Google, type in Public Health and Wellbeing Act, put your state in there, your country, and then type in stay-at-home directions. This is eight pages long, so if you are listening as a podcast, Go to YouTube, then you'll find this section near the end. Pause each image and read at your own pace. That way you're going to know the stay-at-home directions for Victoria, Australia. Yummy Mummy Podcast is self-funded. If you feel what I do is important and you would like to see more, please consider making a donation. paypal.me forward slash Lisa Jane Hussey.